What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. That's a good jam. That's a fine jam indeed. Welcome to episode two today. Kind of a back-to-backer. Not quite. I guess there was a little bit of a break in between. A fantasy NBA today. We had a buy-low episode first thing this morning. And uh, these shows, I think, will be posting on the traditional podcast channels almost back-to-back because I guess you guys don't really care about my personal life, but you're going to hear about it anyway for the first 30 seconds of today's show. So fast forward if you want to. But uh, kids these days, man, they get the whole week of Thanksgiving off. It's, I think, the first time that I've actually dropped a back in my day. Back in my day, we only got Thursday and sometimes Friday off. And then by partway through, we got like half a Wednesday, right? That was how it was in the 80s, 90s. Now they get the whole damn week off and three weeks for winter break. I mean, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do with these children over the next, like, six weeks of living Keep them alive. Will I be? Probably not. Who cares? Nobody cares about me. Keep the kids. That's the that's the part. So anyway, uh, schedule's all goofered. I also have a play-by-play gig later on tonight. So uh, today is going to be a bit of a jam-packed day. I see that uh, the chat room is hopping. I don't know how many questions we're going to get to on this one. I'll do my best, but I can't go that long just because today is so many things all jammed in together. Uh, but I'll do my best for those that are watching with us live. For those that are listening after the fact, you can watch the chat room, you can hang out wherever, you can come chill with us in uh, Discord. Link to that is in the show description. Should be a functional one, should work. We have a free Discord where everybody can just hang out and have fun with each other. We also have a premium Discord for folks who have the Fantasy Pass or other passes at Sports Ethos, and you guys get access to a bunch of extra cool stuff. So just make sure if you're in Discord and you have a Fantasy Pass, let somebody know so the mod can turn on the proper channels for you. Something to keep in mind. I, of course, will uh, hopefully see all of you guys on social media. At Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. Let's dive in because, again, we're on a tight schedule today. Let's see. What do we got here? Starting with a Monday review. Happy NBA Cup Tuesday, by the way, everybody. Denver beat Detroit 107-103 without largely Nikola Jokic, who got ejected in the second quarter after Michael Malone got ejected not not long before that. 
Christian Brown picked up the extra minutes. He had a pretty good fantasy game. I mean, we basically know at this point that if a wing misses time for the Nuggets, Christian Brown would be a pretty good add, but a wing is not likely to miss time right now unless something changes because Michael Porter Jr. is fine. KCP is fine. Aaron Gordon is fine. All these guys are upright. Reggie Jackson had his first good game in a while. And Reggie Jackson's someone I actually kind of want to pause and talk about a little bit. On the season, and I don't think this is a good descriptor, he's right around the edge of the top 200. Over the past two weeks since Jamal Murray went down, he's number 160. And there is a lot of disagreement about what, about whether he's a fantasy asset. So here's the thing. He's not. If you're ranked 160... In a 12-teamer, you're not a fantasy asset. Simple as that. With the possible exception last year of Giannis Antetokounmpo because he was so bad in one singular category that punting that one category moved him from uh, 160th to, like, 20th. So, obviously, that's a different situation. Almost everybody, down to, like, a person, one guy, if you're ranked 160 or deeper, when you're getting a full run of it, you're not a 12-team guy. And I've heard the arguments. Oh, Reggie Jackson, he's scoring 16 points since Jamal Murray went down. He's getting four assists, and he's shooting a ridiculous 54% from the field. The magic of Nikola Jokic hard at work right there. I don't care. Not one of those categories is strong enough to counterweight all the things that he's a negative in, which includes free throws right now for whatever weird reason. But 16 points doesn't actually make him a positive it makes him kind of like a neutral, which is fine. Like, getting that off the waiver wire, 16 points off the wire is good. One and a half threes, negative for a guard. 2.3 rebounds, negative for anybody. 3.7 assists, fine, but kind of a negative for a point guard. If you're throwing a point guard out there, you're probably hoping for four or more. 0.8 combined defensive stats, that's a negative. There are too many negatives and not enough actual positives. The only real positive he has right now is field goal percent, which is great over those two weeks, but also largely unsustainable. He might shoot better with Jokic near him than he has in his career, which is low 40s, but low 40s to mid 50s is a jump you just generally don't see from a point guard whose shot profile isn't all that different. Just more open. A little bit better and more open. The reason I bring this up is... Because, like, points leaguers, I guess there's a little bit of a value built into Reggie Jackson. Still not all that much, mind you, but it's a little bit better. Kids yelling at me in the middle of a show. Thanksgiving week, man, it's going to totally break me. Um, anyway, what the hell was I talking about? Right, Reggie Jackson. The He had a better ball game yesterday, so that's why I wanted to start from this place. He had a good ball game, and it moved him up to 160 since Jamal Murray went down. In between, he's had two games that you could sort of classify as a decent nine-category game, this one and, like, the third one after Jamal went down. Most of the other ones, it's been uh, kind of a decent number of points on decent field goal percent, and that's kind of been it. So I get it. Head-to-head leaguers you're looking at it, you're like all right if I can drop this guy into a good scheduling spot it could work out for me like maybe I catch lightning in a bottle maybe I get him for one of these good ball games and two average ones and then that would be all right roto players you just it doesn't make sense 
he's shown now over two weeks that he doesn't have the stat profile to be a 12-team Roto League games cap guy unless you manage to catch this one but miss the three bad ones before it, which maybe you did. I don't know. But that's not a way, that's not a way to make a living, to try to guess which out of every three or four games a guy's going to have a better one. And then I kind of saw the flip side of this, which was uh, folks talking about how other guys that have better fantasy profiles are not as useful as Reggie Jackson. And I just, like, my brain exploded because I know that we need to get into deeper weeds on how we analyze what a player's rank is. But at the end of the day, a player's rank is actually a pretty good indicator of what they do. The way you want to tweak it, if you're looking at ranks, is like, does one or two categories make a big difference for a player in a way where if you don't care about that category or you're laser-focused on that particular category or whatever, that player becomes a more interesting one for your individual fantasy team. But that's not the way that I can run a show. And frankly, that's not the way that analysts should be talking about it and this sort of like, this guy's useful, asterisk. Scroll, 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 scroll. The asterisk is, oh, if your fantasy team exclusively needs points and field goal percent, but not the other seven categories. That doesn't make sense. You guys, we got to make sure that people understand the game they're playing. Simplify the game. And points hunting is just not the way to do it. We have, unfortunately, seen a bit of a slowdown from Asar Thompson. He was in foul trouble in this one, but it's been happening kind of slowly, almost unbeknownst to the casual viewer. But you knew that the stuff he was putting up wasn't going to last all season long. The NBA season is just too long and too grueling for a rookie to put those kinds of adrenaline-fueled numbers together for an entire season. And over the last two weeks now, I think Thompson is outside the top 150 because the field goal percent has come down a bit. The free throw has been tough. I mean, you still got to like 11 rebounds over that stretch and 2.1 defensive stats, but it's not that insane, like, we haven't seen this kind of thing before type stuff he was doing the first two weeks. Which does make him a little bit of a sell high, because I don't think anybody's really noticed it yet, but we kind of knew this was coming. Cade finally had a better ball game. Thank the good Lord. Uh, I have him in exactly zero places, but this was a step in the right direction. And if you have him, you're hanging on, because you know it was going to get better. Uh, Isaiah Stewart and Marvin Bagley are perfectly good Reggie Jackson-like examples of guys that have been able to do stuff in two categories and nothing else. Although, to Stewart's credit, he did block two shots in this ballgame, but he hasn't been good enough. I mean, we'll just keep playing the same game. What are these guys ranked over the last two weeks? Isaiah Stewart, 155. Marvin Bagley, 167. Marvin Bagley's been a positive in exactly two categories over those two weeks, and Isaiah Stewart has been a positive in exactly two categories over those weeks. Uh, I guess you could add turnovers to that mix, so like two and a half. Rebounds and sort of blocks for Isaiah Stewart. Um, rebounds and field goal percent for Marvin Bagley. So again, like, if you're category hunting, it's different. But if you're looking for a nine-category play, those guys haven't been it. All right, let's veer away from the we got to reteach how to play fantasy basketball part of the show and into the fact that Jaden Ivey played 30 minutes, which to me is intriguing and I you know I don't care what his rank is over the last week or two weeks or something like that because this is very much an isolated incident right now but what if it became not an isolated incident what if he suddenly found himself with actual legitimate consistent playing time 
Over his last three games, I don't think anybody noticed because he didn't do anything in the previous two. Over his last three games, he's played 29, 28, and then 30 minutes. This was the only one of those three that was a good performance. Last year with no Cade Cunningham, he averaged 16 points, five assists, four rebounds uh, on 42% from the field and 75 at the free throw line, which and 3.2 turnovers, which sort of consistently had him right on the edge of 12-team playable he was a points league asset because, again, bad percentages, bad turnovers. You can kind of overlook that. This year, we need to see what he what he is. Was there growth of any kind? I think it's okay if you wanted to pick him up to see where it goes. But I also wouldn't get my hopes very high. Call this one a 15% chance of success. Is that high enough to drop somebody useful? Absolutely not. Is it high enough to drop somebody that's deadweight? Sure. Why the hell not? Alec Burks is no longer on the table. He's uh, been phased out in favor of anything that sticks because Detroit's lost, what, 12 games in a row and they're on their way to setting franchise records? Anyway, uh, Charlotte, big overtime win over Boston. This was quite a performance from a Hornets team that badly needs wins, and this was not the game that we all thought they were going to get it in, but whatever, they'll take them where they can get them. They're now 4-9. and nine. Not surprisingly, Miles Bridges has made them better. It's annoying, but it's true. I'm still going to try to win my leagues without him, but he had a good ball game. Uh, P.J. Washington has shifted to the bench, and he's, I would say, probably droppable. I mean, we can keep playing this game. What's a guy ranked over the last two weeks? P.J., 31 minutes a game over those two weeks. He's outside the top 200 in an unsustainably low 40% from the field, but the other stuff really isn't going to change all that much for him. Lamella Ball, big game. Mark Williams, he's dominating... The questions I think people were going to have in this one was, did anybody do anything with Derek White out? And the answer was Peyton Pritchard had a big one, but I don't know that I would trust him the next time White is out because it could just as easily have been Sam Hauser having a big one and Pritchard not really needed as much. But, you know, this is the way it went. Jalen Brown had some foul issues. He wasn't playing as well, so it mixed and match a tad. Gordon Hayward. I think is the player that you guys are curious what I actually think about him. He's outside the top 140 over the last two weeks, but he's only shooting 36.5%. And his role hasn't actually changed that much since Miles Bridges came back. A lot of what, and I talked about this a bit on yesterday's show, a lot of what's different for Hayward is that LaMelo Ball is starting to actually feel his oats. LaMelo's a, a first-rounder over the last two weeks, no punting, because he's shooting 51% over that stretch to sort of level off what had been a brutal shooting start to the year for Ball. Obviously, this isn't going to stick. He's not going to shoot 51% for the year. But when LaMelo's rolling like this, the ball's just going to be in his hands all the time, where when he couldn't throw it in the ocean, he was going to give it to someone like a Hayward or whoever that was performing better. So expect this stuff to be a bit of an ebb and a flow. Hold on to Gordon. He played 39 minutes. He'll probably get hurt as a result of it. They're better when he's on the floor. He has his bounce back this year, which is a big deal. And he has fantasy upside that a lot of these guys don't. He has appeal in six, seven categories that a lot of these guys don't. So hold on to Hayward for now. You got to see how this thing plays out. No big surprises on the Milwaukee side. Malik Beasley's on sort of a little mini run these days. You can roll with it if you really want to. I'm too nervous to do so. Uh, Portis filling in for Jay Crowder. That's good. Brooke Lopez has been on a furious run since we put him on our buy low list. He's a top 25 play over the last two weeks, averaging four blocks a game over that stretch. And he's inside the top 50 on the year. I think he's inside the top 40 on the year. Yeah, 38 now on the season for Brolo. 
And believe it or not, like the percentages could still actually get a little better even if the, the blocks do come down. This is probably your chance to trade for Chris Middleton if you ever wanted to. I think it's still going to be an annoying season, but now that his minutes are, are creeping up a little bit, the, whoever has him is probably not going to trade him after an 18-6-7 game, but if you see like a 24-minute game for Middleton where he doesn't do very much, that would be your time to go make a move. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. The Wizards. Let me give you, let's play a trivia game. Who had the best plus minus on the Wizards yesterday? Do you think it was Tyus Jones? If you guessed Tyus, you'd be right. Who do you think didn't get to play during crunch time yesterday? Did you also guess Tyus Jones? Because you'd be right again. The, the tank is on so hard, and the problem right now is that there are a couple of the teams that are losing as often as the Wizards are, even if they're not tanking as hard. Like, the Pistons are the worst team in the league. They're 2-13. and 13. They're somehow a game worse than Washington. And, I, I like, legitimately, I can't imagine a team that looks worse on a court than the Wizards, but yet they only have the second-worst record in the NBA. And so if you're going into a tank... And you're understanding that some of these other bad teams, like the Blazers, are going to be in tank. The Spurs. Sorry, guys. I know that, like, two weeks ago, people were like, Spurs are going to make the play-in tournament. And I was like, easy, Tiger. Spurs ain't going to make the play-in tournament. These teams that are likely going to be trying to lose ball games down the stretch, if you're the Wizards, you got to make sure that you're not accidentally three games in front of them and losing more. You have to lose even more, even harder, to keep up with the other losing going on down the stretch. So right now, the Wizards are losing to try to keep up with the other losers. How's that for a weird sentence? Still, in what we've talked about before, this is what I've referred to as a pre-tank. Wizards are pre-tanking. They're playing lineups that they know are terrible and sort of accidentally losing the ballgame. It's like... Kyle Kuzma had 22 points and 13 assists in this game. Point Kuz in full effect, who, by the way, is still very much a sell high. The fact that he hasn't had, you know, a week or two of just disastrous games is a great reason to sell him in 9-cat. Gafford is a hold. He's been able to do it in mid-20s to high-20s in minutes. That's been easy. Jordan Poole finally had his effort game. I'm going to take every shot and do nothing else. 30 points, one rebound, one assist for Jordan Poole. Yes, he did have three threes because, you know, some of the shots he took were from far away. Who had the worst plus minus on the team yesterday? Well, Denny Avdia did. But who had the second worst? Jordan Poole. And who played the most minutes on the team? Jordan Poole and Denny Avdia. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that, like, they were the worst players on the court. It could have been just that, you know, they were parts of lineups that were losing. But this is a game the Wizards were actually kind of competitive in until early in the fourth quarter. And so then it was like, all right, let's make sure this thing goes down the toilet. You're holding Jordan Poole if you drafted him against my wishes. You're holding Denny Avdia because he's actually kind of been okay this year. You're selling Ion Kuzma. <coughs> You're holding Tyus Jones. And you are 
This cough is eventually going to kill me, everybody. And you are. Um, you're kind of stashing Bilal Kulbali, whose name is painfully difficult to say. And so we're going to continue to call him Cooley after saying it right one time. Kulbali. Now he's Cooley the rest of the show. He shot five for seven. That's generally not going to happen. He's having efficiency issues. You can see the outlines of fantasy game. I just don't think it's something that he steps into until Jones, Poole, Kuzma, whoever are either shut down or gone. That might not be until next year. I added him in a keeper league, and I plan on squatting on him to see what happens there. But if you're in a traditional nine-cat league, I don't know that it's going to be enough game to game. Again, last two weeks, Bilal, outside the top 60. And that's with pretty decent minutes. It's just stuff that he doesn't do yet. And that's okay. But he might. And if you feel like you need to be in front of it, have at it. I think we can move a little bit faster now. Those games were ones where I, I, I felt like there were a few teams we really wanted to pour through. Folks, picture this nightmare scenario. You're hosting friends for the big game. It's neck and neck in the fourth quarter. And suddenly you realize you're out of drinks. Ooh, say all of your friends. You start to sweat. Your friends turn on you. You're forced to go on a last-second drink run and end up missing the game-winning touchdown while in line. Oh, no. Terrifying, isn't it? Luckily, you can avoid the drama with Drizzly, the go-to app for drink delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits then get them delivered right to your watch party. Compare prices across multiple stores in your area, find the best deals on game day drinks, and get back to armchair quarterbacking from, you guessed it, your armchair. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations. Yeah, the cough is coming in hard today. No, the Knicks were in another blowout. Um, so I don't know that we necessarily have the final verdict on Josh Hart. I'm leaning towards thinking he's probably not going to get 30 minutes when the team is healthy in a competitive ball game. If you can afford to hold a little bit longer, I would. But you don't have to. Quinton Grimes was back, so Dante DiVincenzo was no longer a play. Uh, Emmanuel Quickly is another guy where, again, like, some head-to-head builds, I guess he makes sense, but typical Roto 12-teamers, he's streamer zone level. Jaden McDaniels got hurt, left early with an ankle injury on the Minnesota side. It didn't really, they didn't miss a beat. Uh, Minnesota's good this year, as we thought they would be. Question was going to be, who picks up the minutes? Was it slow-mo? Was it Nikhil Alexander-Walker? Was it more Nas Reed? It was uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker in this one, but I don't know that that holds. He happened to be part of lineups that were playing well. So we got extra run, but it might be Kyle Anderson. The next one, it might be a young player. Hard to know. I don't think that you can just make the blanket statement that Nikhil Alexander Walker is going to have a good run here. I would rather just sort of wait and see how this thing goes. By the way, no one's really noticed it, but Rudy Gobert after a pretty good start to the year has tapered off a bit. Remember he was like top 30 to start the season. Now he's number one Oh four. And a lot of that is because of free throw. He's been, Uh, among the worst in the NBA, 57% on six free throws per game. If you're punting free throws, he obviously moves way up the board. 
Uh, and the other stuff is fine, like decent field goal percent. The defensive stats are at three. But everybody was yelling at Brewski after Rudy got off to a quick start, and now he's outside the top 100. And I feel like maybe folks should apologize a little bit on that one because he did say that there was going to be slowage. Anyway, Clippers blew out the Spurs. Uh, we're going to probably hear about a lot of teams blowing out the Spurs this year because they're not very good. But the story in this one is not on the San Antonio side. I could care less about the Spurs. I have exactly one Spur on my fantasy teams, and it's Zach Collins on a couple of them, and I'm going to stick that one out. Uh, I figured that Wambanyama would have growing pains. You'd have some of these insane lines every once in a while, but then you're going to get the sort of flip side of it. He's number 48. That's fine. I don't see any real problem with that. Clippers. Paul George, good ball game. Daniel Tice had a big game. Don't care. Norman Powell had a big game. I don't really care. Streamer level. James Harden, double-double. I think you're going to see more of those now with him as the starting point guard and Russ on the bench. And Kawhi Leonard, 21 points, four boards, three assists, a steal block, and a couple of threes. The Clippers' uh, main guys made something like 16 out of 16 free throws. Uh, the buy-low windows on some of these guys may be closing up now, and they didn't last, honestly, as long as I thought they would, and that's on me. I thought we'd have a week or two to kind of continue to drive the value down on these players, but the move of Russ to the bench sped up the learning curve, and now you probably have to pay normal price for those dudes, so uh, probably not entirely worth it. Kings finally had their letdown game, which eh, was going to happen eventually. They were on a pretty good run. They went on the road where they'd actually been pretty good so far this year, but just the uh, Pelicans were ready for them, and the Kings sort of weren't. Keegan Murray left early with a back injury. That meant a few extra shots for Harrison Barnes. Uh, probably you'll see a little bit more for Kevin Herter if Keegan has to miss any time. And and again, like I want to make sure that I, I qualify this statement with the following. Darren Fox is a hell of a damn basketball player, but we knew there was no chance he was going to continue doing what he was doing through his first seven games, which was like almost four three-pointers a game while still somehow shooting, what was it, like 53% from the field, and the steals and blocks were weirdly high for him. All that stuff was going to come down. Was it going to come down in like slow, like, hey, he's having pretty good ball games, and we just didn't notice or was it going to be a cliff dive, one ball game? Well, we got our answer. We went cliff diving in this one. Uh, brutal game on all accounts. Still having a great year. Still inside the top 20, but fell from whatever it was. He was like number 10. We talked about him yesterday. Doesn't sound like a big drop, but moving a bunch of chunks near the top of the board, that actually does take a pretty raunchy game. Um, and at some point, he's just like, he still took 18 shots in 29 minutes. At some point, the the shot volume is, is going to come back to earth a little bit. So just know that if you can get someone in the top 20 for Fox, you do it. If you can't, you can only hang on. I think it's going to be a pretty damn good year regardless, but it's not going to be as good as it was so far. Anyway, the Kings mostly got murdered in this game, so you can go ahead and, and not worry about the rest of it. Pelly's side. Uh, a lot of folks are going to drop Dyson Daniels, and I wouldn't really blame you, um, but his bad game wasn't because Jose Alvarado came back it was because it was a blowout, and he's not a high-scoring type. And so if with Dyson, you just you need the game to be competitive. You need him on the floor to collect his rebounds, his assists, his steals, his blocks. He's a compiler, and he does it in a lot of categories, 
without hurting you in many. But if the game doesn't go as long, which is effectively what happened here, this was like a two and a half, three quarter basketball game, that's just not enough time for him to get the stats we need to be successful. I don't know what the hell's gotten into Jonas Valanciunas this year, but he's passing and he's blocking shots. And like we've seen enough JV to know that this type of stuff doesn't stick. He's inside the top 40. I'm willing to admit that I was probably wrong thinking that he'd be in the 150 range, but I do still think he falls back towards the 80 to 110 zone. So if you can get anybody inside the top 60 or 70 for him right now, I think that's an interesting sell-high name on your board. Otherwise, not a whole lot to, to parse through here. Herb Jones had another really good ball game. I don't think you're going to get proper value for him coming back, so you might as well just enjoy it. Jaime Aquez had a better ball game again, and he's been one that I just... And I'll admit, it, it, part of it is just because I'm kind of a nervous wreck when it comes to streaming players. I want to make sure that I'm getting a guy who's putting out a big ball game if I'm going to dro- drop fill-in numbers on it. Technically, since Tyler Hero went down, Haquez has been playable in all formats. It's been very inconsistent, but he's right around the edge of the top 100 over the last two weeks. That's technically playable. Am I going to do it? Probably not, because I'm super worried that the bottom's going to fall out. That's why I've just sort of settled in on Duncan Robinson, who's been inside the top 60 since Hero went down, as the guy you're going with a fill-in here. By the way, Kyle Lowry is somehow also inside the top 90 over the last two weeks, probably because of high steals numbers and making all of his free throws and five assists and over two three-pointers a game. Uh, But he, too, in my estimation, is too frightening to start game every game with Tyler Hero out. Head-to-head side, you could probably play any of these guys because they've all been good enough. But again, with the Roto one, you're sort of like taking a shot that you're not going to land on the bad day. So with the Heat, this is on me. I'm just too nervous to play Haquez or Lowry as a fill-in, even though technically they both have been good enough to be a go. I'd rather just roll with Robinson because he's been awesome. Bulls are a team we need to spend two or three minutes on as well, and I know that this recap is going a little longer than I had planned, but Kobe White had a big ball game, which is fine. He like generally has not been anywhere near close enough to start day-to-day. But the reason we need to talk about the Bulls is that the Zach Levine trade rumors have to be impacting things right now. He only took nine shots in this whole ball game, just wasn't really involved, and he had that game last week where he exploded late, but... He just he doesn't seem right, and I don't know if it's a mental thing or a physical thing we don't know about. Does he know the trade is coming down the pike sooner than later? Hard to say. Is one player getting traded enough to make Kobe White a consistent fantasy asset? 50-50. Is that enough reason to sit on him and wait it out? Well, on the Roto side, you could just stick him on your bench and not worry about it for a while. So that probably makes it a little bit easier to make the call. Head-to-head, you'd have to play him every day. And you know a lot of his recent ball games have been doing much more harm than good. So that's a much tougher call, I think, in my mind, is Kobe White squatting on the stash in head-to-head and actually having to play his games in an unlimited games head-to-head format. I don't know how you do it on that side. You just take such a hit. I know this ball game was better, but you know, three in a row before that were either mediocre or terrible. 
Roto, I think you could make a case for squatting on him a little bit. Meanwhile, Alex Caruso is a starter on this team. You love that, don't you? Last two weeks, he's inside the top 30. Yay. That's probably higher than he will be full term. Full term. What are we talking about? Pregnancy here? But either way, he needs he belongs on every roster and you know, all systems go. And I just keep looking back at my 30 deep team. And not that you guys give even the first fly and you know what, nor should you. But I forget where I got Alex Caruso on this one. But uh, I got him uh, at pick 17 in round 7. So that's about pick 200, roughly. Got him at pick 200, and he's, again, rolling top 30 over the last two weeks and top 60 on the year. That is a massive win in 30 deep. That's crazy. That's the kind of thing that could win you a 30 deep. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Need health. I need health. Caruso's going to get hurt. Someone else. Doesn't matter. Uh, Rockets, Warriors, Alperin Shengun played through a back injury. He seemed fine. That doesn't look like a guy who was playing hurt. Aaron Holiday played over Jalen Green in this game. It was just a situation where one guy was playing better than the other. I don't expect this to happen in the next one. But also, Jalen Green is like the poster child for uh, the difference between a points league and a category league. Because category leagues, he's not even in the, in the top 200, and in points leagues, he's a must-roster player. Field goal, free throw, turnovers. That's it. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Freddie Van Vliet, I just told you guys was a buy low on the show earlier today. He still hasn't gotten any steals, but man, those assist numbers are juicy. And then the guys, you, you the dude you're probably waiting for me to talk about is Jabari Smith Jr., who we just talked about on yesterday's show as someone that I didn't draft anywhere, despite an understanding that he does have fantasy upside. He can rebound, he can get steals, he can get blocks, his field goal percent can be fine, he can get some three-pointers. Free throw percent has been bad so far this year, but I don't know that that's going to stick. This is the kind of line you were hoping for, but it's also the kind of line that only pops up once every four or five games and that's what makes him so tough. But then people were saying, what do I do with him? And again, I don't have him anywhere, but from the outside looking in, my advice would be to hold. And that's what I said yesterday, too. You kind of have to hold because he would have been a sell low. And if you dropped him, somebody would have picked him up for sure. And look, you got a decent game out of him from holding. So keep holding. Understand it's going to be super inconsistent for Jabari this year. And I uh, just hope that the good outweighs the bad at the end of it all. I'll tell you what, no Draymond Green. I could enjoy these Chris Paul numbers forever with no Draymond. Uh, Chris Paul is a uh, top 60 nine-cat guy now, and he's still only shooting 40% from the field. That's a number that we still will likely see trend up. His role probably not so big when Dre is back, as we've seen, but they're also figuring out how to play together a little bit better. So I think some of that balances fewer minutes, but more effective minutes. Klay Thompson finally had a 20-point game, his first of the year, which is really amazing. That's how bad he'd been to this point. Um, Clay's uh, tough to roster. You know, he's been, I think, outside the top 200 so far this year. 
because a lot of things have gone wrong. But this was a step in the right direction. Two, I'd call them kind of semi-steps in the right direction for Andrew Wiggins. This certainly wasn't as big as the other one, but at least he got some rebounds, a couple of threes. Um, I don't have Andrew Wiggins anywhere, so similarly with Jabari Smith, I'm, I think I'd probably still say hold and just hope that whatever this is, he snaps out of it slowly. Same story for Klay Thompson. You can't drop a player like that because you know that if things start to click for these guys, they can be way better than whatever you know scrap heaper you're pulling up off the wire. Also, I give up on the Sharich versus Kevon Looney thing. It seems very matchup-based, uh, or maybe it's just whoever's playing better on a given night. I say leave him alone, just wait till Draymond gets back, and then you don't have to worry about it. All right, so that was yesterday. Before I turn the page to tonight, it's a five-game NBA Cup Tuesday. I want to remind everybody again to please do come find me over on social, at Dan Vespers, and take a moment. If you're enjoying this for the first, second, third time, whatever it is, Hit that like button. Takes you three seconds. But more importantly, no matter how you're taking in the show, subscribe. Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, whatever it is, hit that subscribe button. That's the big one for us. Every time we grow a little bit, the show explodes into different things. These systems, YouTube, whatever. When shows get subscribers, when shows get viewers, when shows get likes, it shows up on other people's feeds as recommended. That's why I need your guys' help on this. There's only so much I can do myself with, you know, search engine optimization or whatever. I need you guys to help me power boost it. So please do take a second to hit those buttons. And uh, I very much do appreciate that. Hey, I forgot to tell you guys yesterday about our buddies over at manscaped.com. Use promo code ethos20 to get 20% off and free shipping on whatever you get at manscaped.com. Um, I think they have a Black Friday sale that's going that's that's better than that. But please put in our code so at least they know who sent you. Seems crummy that our code is not as good as their actual Black Friday sale. Put in the code. Email someone over there to make sure that they know that you came over from Sports Ethos. And check out their products. They're really cool. The Platinum Package comes with everything you'd need. The Performance Package, that's also a good one. Or just get the new Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. It's sleek. It's sweet. It's got skin-safe technology. Again, you can get it for 20 now 25% off and free shipping with promo code ETHOS20. Two interchangeable blades, one for a tighter shave. Uh, it's waterproof. You've got fixed-length combs if you want to just use it for trimming. Power adapter and USB-C charging capable. Uh, you got a 60-minute runtime. It's uh, got two different lights you can use. It's sweet. Everything they got over there is just super sweet. So please do check those out. Again, it's manscaped.com, and promo code is ethos20. What do we got coming up tonight? Toronto at Orlando. Um, not a ton for the Raptors. Jakob Pertl's been playing better, so I don't know that we need to deep dive that too much. Gary Trent's been a little bit better. Um, OG Ananobi is a buy low right now, if you can do that. Scotty Barnes, we've seen a little bit of slippage there near the top of the board. He's down number number 14. Still seems like a dude that could end up inside the top 30. So I don't know that, again, that I would sell for super cheap there. But uh, anyway, Orlando. Uh, oh, you know what, Jonathan Isaac? Because he did get near 20 minutes one game, and then it came back down the next one. Cleveland, you're just looking to see who's healthy because there was no Donovan Mitchell or Karis LeVert, and they beat the Nuggets, I believe, last time out. They've got another tough one on their hands in Philadelphia. See who's upright. Jared Allen, I think, is also a buy low. I just talked about him on the show earlier today. Philly, 
Can Nick Batum get going again after his three days off? He didn't in the last one, but it was also over early. So uh, I have some measure of hope. I think there's like a like a solid 40% chance that Batum has fantasy value until Kelly Oubre comes back. But again, that still means 60% chance he doesn't. Indiana, nothing. Not until we see one of those fringe guys get consistent minutes for a week in a row, I, will I believe it. Atlanta, also kind of nothing. You know, Bogdan Bogdanovich has been a play. I think we know enough about the whole Sadiq Bey, Jalen Johnson minute situation, and Onyeko Kongu has been cooling off a bit after he had a strong run. He's still number 85. We know this. Without Clint Capella, or with Clint Capella, he usually ends up in the 100 to 120 range. Without Capella, he's top 40. You ride it out because he's good enough even when he's only playing 20, 22 minutes a game, and he is a beast master when he's getting more than that. Portland. Uh, we've seen DeAndre Ayton slow down after a torrid start. Kind of knew that was coming. The steals were never going to hold the way they were. Um, I think you guys are seeing me randomly highlighting words on your page. That's just me being fidgety. Phoenix. Eh, nothing. You got all these schedule stream level guys and then three dudes that you can start. Utah in Lake in LA. That actually game could, I think, decide the bracket. No, maybe not. Because Utah lost to Phoenix a couple of times. Um... Keontae George is fun to watch these days. He's having some severe efficiency issues, but you got to love the assists. Jordan Clarkson is a sell right now if you can get good stuff for him because he's cooling off. We saw it already. He was shooting like 60% for a couple of games there, and people were like, oh, boy, Jordan Clarkson's going to average 30 points. No, he's not. No, he's not. Walker Kessler is a buy. No one's remembered that he existed, but he's going to come back to a team that has a point guard, and I think that's going to be pretty good for him. Lakers. Nothing. I think we pretty much know what they are at this point. Are there any questions on the Lakers? Question might be, can I stream Cam Reddish? Roto, I'd say no head-to-head. You can probably go yes and hope you catch a couple of steals. All right, we're about 40 minutes deep on this show. Uh, do, 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 do. Let's see if I'll do a couple. There's a lot of questions. I'm going to see if I can find a couple that are that are broadly applicable. So bear with me here while I read through a few of them as we go. Uh, let's see. Who is the better Thunder in a 10-teamer, Jalen Williams or Josh Giddy? Nine-cat, that's going to be Jalen Williams. I know he's hurt right now, but yeah, his upside is still... And he was on my buy low board from earlier today also. So that's a good, broadly applicable one. I'm not going to do these trade ones, like player over player here. Um, probably not going to do the streaming questions on the board. Chris stops. No, I don't like that one either. Um, hoping to target Jared Allen and my nine-cat roto team. Which do you think will get the job done? Austin Reeves, Keegan Murray, or Draymond Green? I think when Draymond clears his suspension, that's probably good enough to get it done. That's not a bad idea. You might take a little bit more. You might need to pair him up, actually, with Austin Reeves, and I probably would do that. Hmm, let's see. What else we got here? What websites do y'all use for player ranks? Basketball Monster is the easiest one right now. Uh, Here, I'll even throw that in the chat room so you guys can just click that link. We are building one out, by the way, at Sports Ethos. So pretty soon I'll be telling you guys to use that one instead. Uh, what else we got here that's useful for everybody? 
Would I should you trade Cade Cunningham for anybody else in the top sixty? Depends a little bit on your team build. If you're punting field goal and turnover, that's probably a no. If you're trying to win either of those categories, then it's probably a yes. PBJ says, smash the likes. Yeah, I haven't said the word smash on this show yet, but I know that's how the kids say it. Smash that like button. Do you like Derek Lively more than PJ Washington or Gordon Hayward? I like Hayward over Lively over Washington over those. Bilal, Bilal to the moon? No, not to the moon, guys. There's way too much Bilal lunacy going on. He uh, can't shoot free throws, and he doesn't score very much, and he doesn't rebound that much. I mean, he rebounds okay, but he doesn't pass very much, and he doesn't hit that many three-pointers. He's mostly steals, blocks, and field goal percent so far, which is cool. I like those categories. Those three of my four favorites, but you can't be a negative in that many other things. Do I think that he could be useful if the Wizards have any injuries or players get shut down? Yes. Do I think that necessarily happens before March? Eh. Do I think he's someone that's going to be really cool to own next year or the year after that on your roster? Yeah. But he ain't on the moon yet, guys, and he hasn't really shown the game to be even on a rocket ship to this point. Yeah, here. Bilal, you're going to wait 40 more games before he's top 100. Well said guy with name I have trouble reading. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Would you trade Tyus Jones for Keontae George in a points league? A points league, I think I might, actually. Nine cat, I don't think I would. Points league, I think I would. Uh, are we speculatively adding Kobe White in case the Bulls don't get to get a starter back in a Levine trade? Yeah, I mean, this is what we talked about earlier. It just depends on how long you're willing to wait. As a games cap league, you could just sit him on the bench and not use him, but in head-to-head, he's actually hurting you more than he's helping right now. So, tough one. Uh, thoughts on Buddy Heald? Um, same as they've always been for me, actually. Buddy Heald is a guy that we know is not really part of the Pacers' plans going forward, and so he's a guy you're squatting on if you think he's getting traded. I have him on exactly zero fantasy basketball teams because once they couldn't agree to extension, that was, I thought, their way of saying... This is a guy we're not going to prioritize. And they haven't. His minutes have been low, and he's outside the top 175. So squat on him if you think he gets traded. If he doesn't, if you don't think that's happening, then you move on. Will Kristaps Porzingis maintain, or should I move him? Uh, You might see the field goal percent come down a little bit, but overall, he's... um, a very, very good basketball player, and he's about 10 slots later than he was last year, which is kind of what we expected with a dip in usage in Boston. Um, I think this is who he is. Uh, is Markel Fultz a drop? Kind of depends on if you have roster space. If you have a roster space, I think you probably do it. Hold on. Rather, hold on, I should say. Who goes first as the hot free agent, Keontae George or Jonathan Isaac? Probably George because he's playing big minutes and we know Jonathan Isaac's body's going to fall apart in the next three weeks, or we think so. Should a 10-category league always favor a streaming spot over a top 100 player? I'm going to say yes on that. I think in a 10-category, or a 10-team league, I should say, not 10-category. 10-team league, you basically want to start guys that are top 85 or better permanently, uh, and anything beyond that is questionable. 85 to 100, you could make an argument to still play them, but if it's someone that you think may drop just behind the top 100, you probably turn that into a streaming slot, even maybe slightly in front. 
I have Markel Fultz and Ben Simmons. Who should I drop? <laughs> Maybe both. Um, I'm less confident that Ben Simmons comes back anytime soon, so I guess it's Simmons, but I could really be wrong on that one because it's all tea leaf reading. Who's your favorite midseason sleeper? Well, you're sort of thinking about what team might move somebody. Um, Toronto was a team we thought might go selling like a Pascal Siakam. They've been okay enough to where they might ride this out a bit. Toronto's six and seven. They're right on the cusp of a play-in spot, basically. So I feel like it's got to be the Bulls. So Patrick Williams, Kobe White, these guys that would step into a giant role if the Bulls blow things up. That's the direction I'm looking right now. And other teams may, may kind of slide in as we go. Uh, let's see. What do we do with Dylan Brooks in a 12-team points league? I think you can probably move on from Brooks. Brooks. Is Kelly Oubre worth stashing? Um, yeah. I mean, Woj was saying that they were hoping to have him back about two two to three weeks after the injury, which, you know, we're already a, almost a week into this thing, I think. Yeah, we're our week into this thing. So, I mean, maybe he's back, like, by early to mid-December. Um, so, yes, very much I'm going to hold on to him. And let's do one last question. Who are the best trade targets if you're selling Kyle Kuzma? It's a good question. I think I was going to have Kuzma on a sell-high show uh, maybe tomorrow or Thursday. Probably tomorrow because Thursday's Thanksgiving. Uh, this is a tough one because everybody in your league is going to be afraid of Kuzma, but he's number 75 right now. And frankly, I think if you can get anybody that's even like close to him, you do it. So Jakob Pertl nearby Mitchell Robinson uh, again you you like if you're valuing points a lot then these trades probably don't make sense for you uh Drew Holiday is down there with him he's a buy low and Kuzma is a sell high so that makes a lot of sense D'Angelo Russell has been pretty consistently in this range so far this year Keegan Murray is someone I would look at for Kuz I don't think you're gonna get Nurk but you could try uh so maybe those names a good start for you all right, I got to get back to the day, guys. Sorry, I can't go a full hour or an hour five on this one. So we got to keep it a little bit more brief. Uh, please do subscribe on the way out. I really mean it. That's like big, 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 big. It pushes us into the algorithm. More people see the show. Like, 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 subscribe, subscribe, all that stuff, no matter where you're taking in the show. And if you have a second on Spotify or iTunes, a five-star review would be uh, most beautiful. I am at Dan Bespers on social. You guys know that by now, and I'll see you over on Twitter. This is Fantasy NBA Day. And try that again. This is, he says confidently, Fantasy NBA Today, a sports ethos presentation. Head on over to Ethos Fantasy BK also to get your live fantasy news breaks on Twitter. I'll see you guys tomorrow, everybody. So long for now. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.